Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Raw from last night. What do you make of the show, Hamlet? Right, it occurred to me yesterday when I said that between the Rumble and WrestleMania, um, I'm speaking absolutely for myself and not for my esteemed colleague with better taste, um, <laughs> that... Thank you. Oh, sorry. WWE <laughs> felt the closest I'd ever remembered it since when it was good, 2000, whatever, to be in like a vibes promotion. It was just a good energy, a really mm. good energy. This Raw, and you know, it's either a Vince Raw or a Triple H Raw. Now we're in this weird, uh, you can't just say, oh, Triple H has got the keys back. He's not, like mm. it's Vince zooming in or whatever. Um, this had some stuff on I quite liked. Mm. And yet, it is what I imagine Sidgwick felt on those dynamites you used to describe post-brawl out. as just being like, well, nothing's quite right. Even the good stuffs like MJF and Moxley had that promo exchange. And it's like, I can't forget, I can't shake the cloud, the elite are missing, the whatever, all the things that contributed to the bad vibes. There was one big development that was like the show-long story, really, that I thought was really great. Mm. They made the best of something we talked about in the preview, a good use of over-characters and fairly fresh characters, and I liked how all of that played out, and nothing, this half-decent match that I know we're going to talk about, that was, that, was a, no, that was a surprise, but was just half-decent, the best instruction followers in company history followed instructions. Good for them too, I say. But like nothing for ages will fix the bad energy around Cody not winning that belt. I'm going to labor over it because nothing will fix it. I thought this was a good Cody segment on this show and nothing will fix it. Not for a while. It's weird. I have no idea how to approach this Cody thing, but I'm looking forward to unpacking it, even mm. though I can't really promise any insight or even a firm opinion one way or the other. Um, but this show was built around a gimmick, a gimmick that sold you two big multi-man stable war programs at once, and I just didn't see past it as anything other than a gimmick. I thought the explanation for it even happening was thin. I thought Paul Heyman and Jay Uso's like deliberately awkward mm. chat was all too awkward. It felt like they were really trying to... like. As a writer, Hamlet, mm-hmm. 
do you sometimes overwrite a paragraph if, you, if you're just chasing that point? Yeah. And if you think, well, okay, I can't sprint to it. If I marathon towards that point, <laughs> it might eventually come. I thought that's what they were doing in this opening. People. And then the entry's finished, and you're like, oh, I forgot to talk about the thing in the title. Of the yeah, entry. yeah, that's yeah, got to yeah. go. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I just thought it was a weird gimmick, a weird hook to build one TV show around. Um, that didn't do much for me at all. In fact, it just made one stable look worse than the other, even though they were selling me on the fact that one stable's plan blew up in their face. Uh-huh. So I didn't count on them being bloody a bit useless, did we? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, I'm left with the idea that one of your major pushed acts is useless ahead of a pay-per-view. None of this will matter. Puerto Rico will be white Oh, hot. yeah. I think Cody and Brock is going to over-deliver out the goddamn ass, finish dependent, but I just didn't like the gimmick around this show, to be honest. I... Did, but again, I think it's like I, th- I feel like I'd be buzzing to talk about it if this was say the pre- in the Rumble at WrestleMania period. I'd have liked this even more than I did. I'd, I I'd agree it was a gimmick. It almost felt like a concept raw as a result. You wonder if like how the follow up's going to be yeah. if indeed there's going to be any at all. And I think that's crucial to legitimizing some of what we saw here. When's Backlash? Two weeks. Yeah, the sixth of May. Have you seen the uh, the match graphics? Backlash. No. The aesthetics for this show are going to kick ass. Like they've put like a distressed flag in the background and the Backlash logos and the Puerto Rico colors and stuff. Oh my God. Dave. It's good. It's, it's one of the best. Like all these things at Triple H has completely stole wholesale from Tony Khan. <laughs> like loads. He's nicked absolutely loads. Tony Khan should just nick the faction stuff. That'd be good. <laughs> but like borrow from stuff that's good. And he's done that. This, like, location-specific booking is not an accident at this point, but he's going big with it. Mm. Tony Khan would do it with a dynamite for, like, a bit, for, like, a nice moment. Best one ever was MJF and Punk when they completely flipped the alignments in the middle of this blood feud. But a lot of the time, it's just a nice... Oh, like, who was the guy last week that got squashed off Hobbs? um, Silas Young. Silas Young. Uh, He's in his hometown. So his talk about it for five minutes, but the match is going to last two. That's the, the fun of a Silas Young squash. Like, he's doing Triple H in this era, if it is indeed still his, has basically shaped premium live event main events mm. around it very effectively. Sammy's in Montreal, Drew at Clash of the Castle. Here we are now. You've got like multiple, like the LWO being cycled up in time with these big matches that you can have with the Judgment Day who are kind of folded in as well for the Puerto Rican audience with Bad Bunny. It's really smart. It's it's He's thinking about it enough that he's seeing the calendar and then looking. It's it's not happening just because of pay-per-views mm. on the horizon. You can see they're putting things in place maybe a month or two before to get to these destinations and they're feeling hot. And Zelina Vega's going to lose in this match against Rhea Ripley, but it's absolutely the right night in front of the hottest crowd for that one near yeah. fall. Like, it's a brilliant backlash title defense without feeling like a retread. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff to it. It is weird that on this Raw, they were like, next week, Bad Bunny returns. And I can't believe that I'm at a stage now where a few years ago, I'd be like, who? And now I'm like, yes, Bad Bunny's coming back. <laughs> get in. Um, you mentioned marathons there, Sige. I did. Speaking of marathons, we mentioned yesterday that the brilliant Leslie Pasquale Esposito was taking part in the Boston Marathon. And thank you to her husband, David, who updated us on this, that she, one year removed from thyroid cancer surgery, completed the Boston Marathon in five hours and 14 minutes. Fantastic Amazing. work. Amazing. Excellent effort. And if you want to go... Absolutely and, great job. Yeah, go and support her as much as you can because you ran it for Massachusetts Eye and Ear, the wonderful hospital that took care of her. Um, amazing. Congratulations from all of us here at What Culture, Leslie. Lovely stuff. Fantastic story. 
Um, but let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Uh, unsurprisingly, I had a really good time watching this show. Um, but let's get into it, and we'll get your thoughts on each segment. The Bloodline comes out, minus Roman Reigns, of course. Come on. Um, the Bloodline is now in your city, says uh, Jay. Uh, Heyman takes the mic. He says, no such thing as bloody women around here. No ladies, for sure. Um, he says, history's going to unfold tonight. Uh, and he's about to explain that one. Uh, well, who comes out? They're in the f- Judgment Day. Yeah, yeah it's the like, late. I was saying to Wilborn yesterday, Sitch, you know, like when somebody says, like, oh, I keep seeing 11 11 on the clock, and it manifests this thing where you then spot it more and more. Oh, 11 11. Like, I feel like I'm seeing the other side a lot in yeah. my life, and then every time everybody goes, like, I can't. I, like, I was, it was in football commentary where I heard it. Oh, he's going to switch it over to the other side. But you mean the other side? Like, I have to say, why are you saying now? those words normally? Yeah, no, it's weird. I can't. Uh, it's that and corruption. <laughs> like, on the news, oh, there's a really bad uh, corporate corruption. Corruption. And Louise told me that someone at a job had a bit of a nightmare because all their files got corrupted. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that was five minutes yesterday. Um, you the fails. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we got the Judgment Day lining up, facing off uh, against the Bloodline. Damien Priest looks huge, by the way, standing across from all them, and he almost gets in Solosico's face. Um, but Paul Heyman steps in and shakes hands with Damien, says, look, it's a great day to be a very bad guy. He says, this is a, a short-term deal that's been struck and approved by the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Uh, this is the bit you're talking about, Sige, where Jay was like, oh, I didn't know anything about this. Um, no text, no call. Um, why don't you speak to us about this? And Heyman's like, well, Reigns kind of playing his cards close to his chest. He didn't want, we want anyone to know, except obviously we told Solo. Because, you know, no, no sudden movements against Solo Sokoa. And the entire audience before they'd actually done anything. Yeah, we yeah. previewed this. He told the internet. Mm. So not only did Isos not watch television, they don't go online either. It's not as if it was like a sneak attack. No. Where it's like, why are they joining in? Yeah. Which is a series of matches. You're friends with the Isos. Yeah. Ask them what the hell they're doing not watching TV or checking Twitter. They just, uh, you know, you know when you say, like, I'm just going to get out of the bubble for a bit. They've just thrown their phones in the sea, apparently. <laughs> um, look... It's an enormous short-term deal. Not everyone's happy about it, of course, including Finn Balor, uh, who's got deep-rooted issues with the bloodline. As soon as he said that, you know, your brain just flashes. It was just, oh, Finn Balor's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's going to put these all these aside in the name of sh- good short-term villainy. Um, and they've got concerns. They've got a bunny concern. They've got a bad bunny concern. But Solo's an expert at uh, uh, assuaging these concerns. And then he realises... Uh, I don't think Solo and Rhea have blinked since we've come out here. They are staring holes through each other. So Heyman's like, Jay, switch with, switch with Solo. So, of course, immediately then Ripley takes, switches places. So she's still face-to-face with Solo Sokoa. It's a great bit, this. Again, nicking off good booking. Remember Hager and Wardlow? Yeah, yeah. This is that, because they did this the last time when these were feuding. Yeah. At the start of the year. It's a nice bit that those are the two. Uh, and Heyman's like, everything all right there? And Rhea's <laughs> like, for now. Um, Heyman says, look... Um, Solo will handle big uh, bad bunny, uh, but the bloodline have got a problem, a KO problem, a Zane problem, a riddle to solve. Uh, so tonight we're getting a six-man. Judgment Day will take on Riddle, KO, and Zane. Uh, and also right now, uh, sorry, Dom, that you have to be near this despicable human, um, but it's going to be Solo Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio. I like it. Yeah, it could just be a, a gimmick. And there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, If I th- which... I, 
the, I think is the case here. If the characters are over and you can believe the arrangement that they've made there, Roman Reigns overseeing this, telling Paul Heyman to put this together and Paul Heyman being the type of like creepy figure that lurks backstage that can do it, be the one to have these. It's the, you know, like that Don Callis invisible hand thing where like there's certain characters in wrestling that you believe that are able to make things happen backstage and then reveal them to the audience. You accept it in wrestling. I did quite like it and I think it made for a, better raw absolutely as a result i do like i've loved dynamite lately for the use of a couple of show long storylines here and there and raw like i always think about it as like an aw problem because for such a long time dynamite's format was quite rigid but when i think about it raw's pretty guilty of it as well like you might if you're lucky get one clipboard promo train that leads to an impromptu main event later on in the show but that's the closest you get to proper show long stories unless it's like the wacky stuff the maximum male models or whatever this is not wacky this is big deal these are big matches being set up and you were kind of asked to invest across the night you know it was like what happened in hour one matters in hour two and hour three and they don't often put that much thought into it, so I quite like that for the, for that at least. From a character perspective, I do think it makes sense for Roman Reigns to say, "All right, if we strike this deal with the Judgment D, then that'll make the Usos feel even worse because he's trying to gaslight them. He's mm. trying to basically keep them on board and do his bidding. And if he can sort of marginalize them, like make them feel like worse than." Sh- <laughs> then if he's the one who pumps them up, they'll then think, oh, well, we needed Roman for more confidence. So it all can yeah. feed into that, I guess. At, at any point, if this does go beyond this, or now there's like an agreement where the Judgment Day and the Bloodline are on terms, they don't need to like be overt with it, but you know that there's this like relationship now. If there's ever a day where the Tribal Chief gives like Dominic Mysterio a purple lay in front of the Usos, that's... Oh my God. You've oh just made him come. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that kind of thing. I'm picking the most useless tosser in the world and saying, you're a good guy. Not like my useless cousin. <laughs> I acknowledge you. Yeah. He still never said it <laughs> yeah, to Jay. He refused Jesus. to acknowledge Jay, but he'll acknowledge Dominic or something like that. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And then we got Solo Sokoa versus Rey Mysterio, which was just fun to look mm. at, to be honest. Um, Sokoa obviously takes control because look at the size of him. Uh, but Rey manages to come back and dump them both to the outside to take us to a break. When we come back, Sokoa again has been in control, but Rey... Gets back into it. He dodges that running hip attack. Seated sent on and a drop kick. But as he uh, looks to take control, um, great equaliser of that Samoan drop allows Solo to take over. But Ray comes back, puts him in position, hits a 619, a springboard splash. But he can only get a two count. He sets up for another. But then, of course, here comes the Usos marching down the ramp. Uh, before they can even get there, though, the LWO jump in. There's a big brawl. Um, distractions are plenty, of course. Ray manages to fight off Sokoa and hit another 619. Everyone thinks, oh, my God, Sokoa's going to lose another match. But uh, Ray goes up top, misses the splash, and Sokoa immediately just picks him up and hits him with a brutal uh, Samoan spike that they got over huge, just constantly being used to take people out during this show. Solo Sokoa gets the one, two, three. I thought this was tremendous. Ray Mysterio, with the exception of that kind of turkey he had with Parry and Pross, is making a st- Ray Mysterio is making a strong argument for being the WWE Wrestler of the Year in 2023, yeah. the year he went into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like he's. I don't think there's been like a five star one, but that like the Dominic Mysterio match was a five star version of the type of match you're going to have with Dominic Mysterio, uh, and he's just still got that electricity. Everything I was, I liked Ray Mysterio without ever loving him. The post 2018 Royal Rumble return Ray Mysterio era has been maybe my favorite because it, it sucked for years. It w- as part of it, it was a miracle. It's been a miracle run. There's no like he's he's got kind of no right, and yet I don't know stem cells or whatever it is. 
There's loads and loads of good stuff. And of late, he just looks motivated. I, mm. I don't know why it is. Like, there's just an energy and a snap to his work that I'm really enjoying. Solo Sokoa's run of late, I think, has faltered slightly. It's, it's not been perfect in-ring. And this had just a lot more spice yeah. to it. And I think Ray contributed to that. And he's still... Ray's the guy as well that remains somebody that is valuable to beat. Because you beat Ray all the time, and yet Solo getting the win here feels like, wow, that's another big win for Solo Sokoa. And I can testify that he cuts through to the casual audience in a mate's group of mine literally over the weekend. Someone brought up that random, I think it was in the news again recently, the whole relationship with Jennifer Aniston, whatever it was. Mm. And uh, National Enquirer, a load of bollocks. Yeah. And uh, they were sort of saying, oh, you know, What's he up to now? And I was like, oh, he's back in WWE fighting his son. And they were like, he's doing what now? <laughs> so he, he, he passes the test with I that sort of thing. Disagree with that because he did spend two or three years doing nout. He was in the eye for an eye match. Yeah. <laughs> the, second they started, the second they started teasing something with Dominic, not the tag team, the split, <laughs> that's when he really does, it really feels like they have booked him the way an actual legend of professional wrestling yes. should be booked. So I am into Ray far more than I was in 2018 and stuff as a result. I thought this match was really good. I was way more impressed by this match than I was the one that got the plaudits later on in the show. Spoiler alert, which we'll get to. What I liked about this did feel fleeting in a way. I've got this thing with Solo Sikwa where he wrestles as if he's bigger than he is. I don't think he's quite nout nor something, but he's in this kind of in-between where you're not going to get this really incredible dynamic, for lack of a better word, modern masterpiece wrestling match with him. But at the same time, he's not quite this, like, Umaga-style throwback because he just isn't as much of an intimidating unit where it feels like, how can you hurl that frame around the ring? It feels like... I can see why he can move like that because so he's a bit too in between um, his style and his physique and his look. Um, but the benefit of working Mysterio is that anyone kind of looks like a giant and he looked really big and impressive and like a killer. All the kickouts uh, I thought were really dramatic. Mm. I thought Rey Mysterio gave him loads here, really selfless performance. And I thought this is the most impressed I've been by Sikoa, frankly. But I don't know how long that's going to last because that's the eternal magic of Ray. Mm. I suppose it's with Solo Sakura at the moment. They're still trying to do what you should do in wrestling, isn't it? Which is just highlight all the oh, theoretical yeah, yeah. positives and obscure any negatives. I, I'm with you on the size thing. There's a few wrestlers like that. There's another on this show. Bronson Reed, I think, is kind of suffering a similar problem at the moment of like how exactly the program with Bobby Lashley to try and do we're on equal footing as giants, mm. and they don't necessarily feel like that. That physical chemistry doesn't appear on the surface to exist. So I think that's something they'll run into again and again with Solo, yeah. but it becomes about the matchmaking then, doesn't yeah. it? It's how you'd... If you can get an aura, yeah, then the size won't matter mm. as much. Uh, they killed LWO and uh, Rey Mysterio after the match with uh, Jimmy and Jay hitting Ray with the 1D to, to finish him off properly, and then they pose over him. We cut backstage... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's meant to be happening, but they're arguing about the draft, basically. There is Alpha Academy and uh, Maxine Dupree. Uh, and po- Paul Postman Pierce is there. And Chad Gay was basically making the argument that if one of them gets drafted, they should go together because they are a team. And Maxine's like, no, 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 don't do that. Uh, she's like, who do you really want to be the face of Raw? 
Otis and Chaz, Ugh. or Maxine and Otis. And then there's a big shoosh off, basically, before Postman Pierce tells him, just please stop. <laughs> I don't even know if I went, huh, for yeah. this. So, I was waiting for something more to happen. It felt like a bit of very a... much the weakest chapter yet of this storyline. Uh, then we get the announcement about Bad Bunny returning to Raw in Chicago next week. Um, and a match between Bianca Belair, who's, of course, going to be facing EO Sky, and another member of Damage Katarl, Dakota Kai. Um, Belair controlling mostly until Kai avoided her on the outside and kicked her into the ring post, basically. Um, we come back from the break, and Bianca Belair makes a comeback with this wild series of moves, just really showcasing how amazing she is. Blockbuster, shoulder tackle, drop kick, vertical suplex, delayed vertical suplex, standing moonsault. That gets a two count, and she's kind of impressed a little bit by Dakota Kai kicking out of that. Kai comes back and hits that running corner kick, um, but Belair manages to avoid her coming off the top, and it's a backbreaker. She keeps going for the KOD. Dakota Kai keeps getting out of it and chucking her into the middle turnbuckle. But this time, Belair dodges the corner kick, grabs her, picks her up, KOD, one, two, three. Very Triple H, this. Good enough for government work, but lacking so much feeling. Um, and I don't know if that's... You're never going to get that with Dakota Kai as a main roster heel, maybe. That's one of the problems. Mm. I, I'm starting to think with Bianca Belair because I thought her and Asuka was a massive over-delivery. Like an overachievement, quite honestly, like based on the booking at WrestleMania. But I'm starting to wonder, this thing that we've identified before about her as a television wrestler is is on the booking and is on the misunderstanding of what that character is. But you're part of WWE. Like, it's inevitable that you're going to get sucked into the churn and the content super service. What can she do? Like, this is, I guess, me asking hypothetically or, like, me sort of questioning her as a performer. What can she do to bring some of that sparkle to these TV matches because I am i didn't see it here mm. and this wasn't like a two minute squash where Bianca Belair is super dominant over a Carmella or a Chelsea Green whatever this was intended to be a competitive match where she gets the win because she is better and she's telling EO Sky I know you're good but I'm better than your friend I'm going to be better than you so I don't mind it like the principles of booking were adhered to and all of that but there's just so little spark and shine and when there's so much in her big matches is it on her a bit as a performer to find how to scale that down to make sense on television too? I watched this and almost ambient noise from the crowd. They got into the spots. It just felt to me like it was a house show match and the two performers have gone out there and said, and been told by the agent producer, people have come to see Bianca. It's a baby face win. Go out there, showcase Bianca. They've come to see your spots. Do your spots. That's about it. Possibly worked. One weird botch aside, it just felt like a showcase for someone who's your champion, who you've showcased quite enough, yet more dismal, just there booking mm. a complete waste of time, if I'm being honest. In a match you'll never remember in one million years, worked at house show in a house show gear, a complete waste of my time. And theirs. I've said this before. I love champions working TV matches. I like them to be title defences, quite honestly, but I love the idea of it just because I was kind of raised on it with Brett and even Sean would do it as well as like an Intercontinental Champion. I like that, but there is a trick to making it entertaining because there's a certain predictability about it. You're either mm. building to a match or the champion's not going to lose on television or whatever. So you can't just book it. You then have to think about how it actually plays out on television as well. It isn't just, you know, you get this now. There's so many great wrestlers. It's this common thing. You see it a lot through Twitter. We're probably all guilty of it from time to time where it's like, oh, fuck that. 
Now, you've got to do that naturally. Like, your wrestler A that you love, wrestler B you love, it's going to be great. Like, all of these wrestlers. It's, it isn't just as simple as that. Mm. And we're, we are all guilty of that, but it's never just as simple as that. You've got to make it good, mm. too. <laughs> and this wasn't really that. Yeah, I, I said this over WrestleMania weekend. I was astonished at the amount of people I spoke to who were like, Asuka's got to go over here. Like, I get it, Asuka's not... I was going to say, not got a great record at uh, WrestleMania. That's a bit of an understatement. But that doesn't mean that she should beat Bianca Belair for that. And Bianca Belair, like, whether or not you want to do a streak for her at WrestleMania or not, it, going into that match, there was no way Asuka should have won that title. But I think you're both right. I think having matches like this on telly doesn't help Bianca's case. Nah. Uh, it's the big problems our Triple H can't book. Yeah. <laughs> just cannot book to save his f***ing life. Uh, Judgment Day are in the back. Uh, they're talking about the return of Bad Bunny uh, and Priest. I hope my friend, former friend, I'm not sure, uh, Bad Bunny's got a bit of a better attitude next week. I sense he probably won't. Uh, and Dom's like, yeah, I don't worry. You don't need him to be your friend. <laughs> like, quite the exchange, that, isn't it? Bad Bunny or the ex-con Dom. Um... Paul Heyman rocks up to make sure there that uh, the Judgment Day are happy with what Solo Sokoa did, and uh, Balor just sort of goes, eh. And Heyman's like, eh. <laughs> Ing. Uh, it's the, yeah. uh, that was yeah. quite amusing. And uh, Heyman, Priest said, look, we'll handle your business. And Ripley says, piss off. And he does whilst it's quite terrified and uh, just goes and calls Roman Reigns, goes and calls daddy, basically. <laughs> Then it was time for Cody Rhodes to make his way down to the ring, but he's not in a suit. He's dressed for a fight. Um, yeah, what do you guys want to talk about? I know what I want to talk about. Brock bloody Lesnar, get your ass down here. Um, but here comes Postman Pearson said, he said, Look, I can't let this happen. You're not medically cleared. Didn't work last week. Didn't you have a match? Anyway, uh, he says, Look, I respect your spirit, uh, but please don't, don't, let this, don't make this happen. Cody's like, all right, I'll leave. Leaves and then has a bit of a think about it and goes, no, 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 bollocks this. Grabs a chair from under the ring. Um, Pierce is just pleading with him. And he's like, right, okay, let's get some security out here. And they all fly into the ring. Um, Pierce is like, I really don't need this right now. Um, and he's frantically agreeing, look, if you don't do anything, I'll book the match. I'll make it official. You, Brock Lesnar, backlash. Just don't do anything. In amongst all this, Brock Lesnar's music hits. And out he comes, as some people have incorre incorrectly identified, dressed as The Undertaker. Michael Hampler, who is he dressed as? Last Outlaw, Jeff Jarrett. Thank you. Yeah, indeed. Uh, trench coat and a cowboy hat. But he's, he's still happy smiley Brock. He's just evil happy smiley Brock, basically. And he's like, Come on, Cody, let's, let's, have, let's have a medical fight then. Uh, and Cody's told he doesn't need any more encouragement. He chair shots security guard, takes them all out, basically, chucks them out of the ring, uh, climbs out of the ring. There's another wave of... It's like that game you play with the... the oh, yeah. The, the, the people who run it, you have to just keep... <laughs> get out of the bloody way. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he goes to head to Brock and more security guards swarming and he beats all of them up. And finally... He can see up the ramp. He's got a clear path to Brock. And I think they actually shot this really well because he's on his way there. And suddenly, at the last second, just as you think he's about to dive on top of Brock and they're just going to tear each other apart because he snapped, finally, Cody Rhodes. Uh, more security. Another wave comes in to stop him. Uh, and Lesnar's just sort of laughing and decides, right, that's another payday for, for old Brock here. He's uh, he's off. Um and Rhodes just can't get to him, basically. Uh, so instead, he, he's led back down to the ring by this 
hundreds of security guards, it seems, by this point. Uh, and he gets on the mic and said, look, I, sp- I spat out plenty of platitudes about Brock Lesnar last week. But you know what? I forgot one. You were you dressed like a cowboy, Brock, and I grew up around cowboys. You, you, sir, are no cowboy. You're a coward. This was really hot in the building. Yeah. Um, that... Um, it's kind of all that matters, really, because WWE have done this loads over the years. The idea that a babyface has suffered a pretty big defeat because they love having babyfaces suffer big defeats. Adversity and all of that. We've seen Becky Lynch have this thing with loads of security and being held back. Seth Rollins has done it. A chair, chair swinging maniac, that kind of thing. Nothing can stop me from getting my revenge. Well, maybe if you didn't lose in the first place like a complete tit, then you wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Having to overcorrect and prove yourself in these circumstances that you found yourself in as a character. But it went down brilliantly in the building, and Cody's still legitimate enough to be... I don't want to say this is bad material, but he's elevating bad booking. Cody Rhodes will continue to elevate bad booking right up until when he probably beats Roman Reigns because he's got that magnetism and he's got that aura. Super believable as an ass kicker. Like yeah. he's, he's very good. He's really malleable. And he'll be able to... He's kind of like he can shapeshift almost in the type of man he comes out as, like the nights when he's ready to fight versus the nights when he's ready to talk, all that sort of thing. He's very valuable in that respect. So I thought this came across really well. And I do like that uh, Cody Rhodes is calling Brock Lesnar a coward and Brock Lesnar is behaving a little bit like a coward. Mm. I think that's a better dynamic than Brock smashing Cody for eight consecutive minutes. Like a way better dynamic. And that does feel like a push and pull between uh, Vince McMahon and Triple H as creative forces. Like this, like the beatdown was very much, well, Vince is just back and he wants Brock to monster Cody mm. because the monstering is the only way the baby face gets over in Vince's warped brain. Whereas Triple H wanted to give Cody a bit of agency back. That's what I'm choosing to believe. I could, yeah, be, I, I, I could be miles off, but that's what I was choosing to believe after what I saw here. Again, just pull apart some security interventions and stuff are entirely dependent on how the crowd reacts to them, and the crowd went oh, nuts for yeah. this. So I, I really like this. By the way, just to point out, you're not losing your mind and hearing Jeff Jarrett's theme as <laughs> uh, Michael Hamlet talks there. Is it a little fire alarm test here at What Culture? Uh, Sage, what did you think of this? Um, it's hot. It's really hot. Way harder than a lot of people who want the Fed to fail are letting on. Mm. That's one thing I'll say. Do I, Cody's great at brawling. Do I like him doing the chin and security guards bid? Austin could do it. Wardlow, to use a more recent example, could do it. Cody, I don't know. I don't know if I like him doing that. I don't know. Um, it's weird to watch. It's more surreal to me, or equally as surreal to me, watching Cody become a WWE guy in the system and doing this kind of thing. Mm. It's That is as surreal to me as seeing him in the WWE system in and of itself. And I can't really place what my issue with all of this is. He should have the belt. He should be the absolute guy. Uh, he's, he's, uh, this is his thing. He's undeniably the guy. Yeah. This would be so much better if he had the belt and he had that guy coming after him. It's like, Jesus, well, you wanted to be the champion. This is what yeah. This is what happens. This is what comes. This is a responsibility. Keeping that it's harder than winning it, Cody. Yeah, yeah. Your dad never could tell you that because he never won it. Yeah. yeah. And it just feels like he's doing things in WWE now because I've watched security flank Brock Lesnar. It's like he, like every single program he's been in, pretty much he's either stood beside Paul Heyman, who hypes the match, and when you need to do your angle, as security breaks it up, 
to watch Cody do very, very WWE things, I just think it's a waste of something that they had. He felt like a superstar coming home. He had the best of both worlds. He had this sort of like, he had this mystique of someone new who jumped, but he was also a WWE guy at his core. I felt like they'd nailed it. They'd nailed the shortcut to creating a star, and it just... He felt special every single week that he was on television, and this week he didn't. He felt hot, but not special. I mm. think there's a difference. I don't think he could stay special forever, but I'm going to give him the f***ing bell for seven months and find out. <laughs> Mate, Sorry, that's my last swear word of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah next thing later, we can't rule that one out. Um, look, again, I, I, I always think with this, uh, am I still sort of huffing the copium? Because I, I was like, it's white hot, this. He still feels special to me. Like you say, I understand and I agree with both of you, obviously, that they should have put the belt on him at WrestleMania. But as a an alternative, not the right alternative, as an alternative, I thought this was was really good. I loved, and I also liked the uh, dichotomy uh, of him doing this and then later on being almost back to suited Cody. Well, I know you had an issue with that, so we'll, we'll get to that in, yeah, in due we'll course. Yeah, get to that later, I suppose. I, I think they'll play very well with the... There's way too much anxiety in WWE's booking and the big matches than there should be. Way too much for a thing that you choose to spend your spare time on. A bit of it is good. The amount that WWE has like forced you to endure over the years is way too much. The anxiety will be real, I think, in the Cody-Brock match. Oh, yeah. It, there'll be a number of different things driving the emotional investment in Cody versus Brock, and significant anxiety about the result will be one of those. How they use that is crucial because... I think if they do it this way that Charlotte and Rhea did it, then they've nailed it. Because that Mania was, I th- was yeah. part of my enjoyment of that match was like, oh my God, they're going to, I mean, they did screw it up later, but they're going to really screw it up. Yeah, well, that was night one, wasn't it? But you know what I mean? The last time the future standing of their biggest star was so dependent on a result was a month ago and they got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and here we are again. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com 
Right, let's move on uh, and talk about the match of the night, match of the week. Uh, I don't know where this came from. Uh, full disclosure. It was on here. Monday, man. Full disclosure here, Deakhead. right? I woke up a little <laughs> bit. Woke up a little bit late this morning. And I thought, well, there's one of two matches that we're almost guaranteed to skip, um, and I can kind of rush to the end of it because we're not going to have to review. It. I'm just going to have to say the finish, basically. And yeah, uh, it's, it's a match that we've seen ad infinitum. And thankfully, I thought yeah, I'll give this I'll give this a chance because I sense I know where the other one's going and it's going to a DQ and oh, wouldn't you know it? Um, but I'm glad I did because I don't know where they pulled this from. They it's sort of I, I wouldn't go. Um, I was joking, of course, when I say match of the flipping week. We've got some mad stuff coming up this week. Um, but it was a bit of a show stealing performance in and of. Everyone went. Oh, it's probably going to just go like I did. Probably can go to the toilet here, sort of not really pay attention, and they. How can I put this? Because I don't want to. I don't want to sacrifice my stellar reputation. Uh, they outworked our expectations. There we go. Um, Miz attacks Rollins during his entrance. Rollins fights back, does his suicide dives. Miz shoves Rollins off the barricade, and his face hit the timekeeper's table. Um, they go to a break, and Rollins, whilst the crowd is singing his song, makes his comeback. Um, Miz brings him down from the middle rope as Rollins is climbing the turnbuckles with a sort of code breaker, and we get a tiny waltz chant as uh, Miz hits the hit kicks. Rollins goes for a frog splash, but Miz gets his knees up and does two two counts more package. Um, they trade some counters. Miz hit, hits Rollins with a knee and puts him in a figure four, but Rollins gets to the ropes. Rollins does the sort of knock-off hidden blade forearm spot, but Miz avoids the stomp and kicks the leg out of Rollins' leg. Um, and hits a wicked-looking DDT. Great sell from Rollins on that um, for a near fall. We get a, this. We've got a few actually. This is awesome chance. In the end, they battle for position on the top rope. Rollins gets him with a superplex. Falcon Arrow hits him with the curb stomp. One, two, three. I couldn't believe what I was seeing here. I was sort of plunged into an existential crisis by a very, very nice three and three quarter star WWE TV match. Um, this was really good in places. It did feel a little bit like Miz and Seth. Like we talked about this on the preview yesterday. You gave us the notes, and I just copy and pasted Miz versus Seth Rollins with an exclamation mark back to How dare you put an exclamation on the end of that? Like that doesn't belong there on the after, yeah. after Rollins. It just doesn't belong there. And then on Twitter last night, ahead of Raw, people were posting the graphic just for lol as the caption. Like the mere idea of these two next to each other in 2023 and WWE promoting it as a thing you got to tune in TV for. Maybe they were cognizant of that mm. and they had that and there's nothing wrong with like performers having a bit of an ego so well we'll show them like these internet losers that have never taken a bump in their life we'll show them how this is done and they showed us how this is done this being wwe playbook wrestling that was good some people will call it great some people will say banger with six flames and a you know exploding head emoji muscle <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, the muscle thing yeah. like people can have whatever opinion they want subjectively on it but you were kind of, as it was happening, you were being asked to forget about it by Friday SmackDown. It was that kind of match. This match will be shown uh, at the Performance Center, right? As this, this is how you do it. These are, and like, I, I really don't want to denigrate Seth Rollins, and especially not The Miz, because The Miz's core value is that he can lose to Snoop Dogg on a Sunday, and two weeks later be back having this very serviceable match with Seth Rollins. Yeah. That's why they pay The Miz to be The Miz, right? Because continuity goes out the window. You know, you're like you're you're not expected to remember what happened to the Miz. You just expect to be like, oh yep, there's the Miz. He does a bit of everything. Bless him. He's uh, he's any sweet you want from the pick and mix section. Which one do you want today? I'll take that one. And the other. Uh, not yeah. badass. I want a badass sweet. 
yeah, there is no bad ad swing, I'm afraid, <laughs> in the Mrs. Pick and Mix. But it's just down at the performance center, you'll get this tape and it'll be like, watch this back, watch it and over and over again, watch the details, watch this. Uh, yeah, the Falcon Hour is pretty cool, but watch the point where Seth flicks his hair back and looks down the lens because that's how they registered it. It was cool. It was like, no, nah, the move was cool. Like, uh, but, uh, but no, this is how they teach. This how they... And then Steve Austin will do a seminar down at the performance center and all these goddamn ass-kissing trainees that are like not know which ass to kiss. Do I kiss Shawn Michaels and Terry Taylor's in the PC or do I kiss Steve Austin's because he's here in front of me right now? And he'll say, what's your favourite match, random trainee? And uh, Seth Rollins versus The Miz from Raw. And he'll do the Molina Alicia Fox face. What? Never heard of that match. Tell me one that was good. Like, because it's because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, this was, this was pure thoroughbred WWE consumable content that it's impossible I find it Cedric might be able to contradict this I find this impossible to criticise because this was a decent piece of decent piece of business right Mm. that I felt absolutely nothing for well done for the two instruction followers for being the best ever maybe at following instructions Seth Rollins had them singing all the way through Mm. and WWE were like you've got to see WWE live you've got to get there the show and sing Seth Rollins' song for 10 minutes. There is no feeling like it. If you want to take a break from singing, fine, but you better be singing Tiny Balls in the gap. Mm. Right there. Or, em- or singing. Right. Right. Triple <laughs> His cock being this match. If it was up to him, every role would be this over and over again so that like WWE could be clipped and easily sold to whoever as Endeavour prepared to make like yet more money with a bit of consumable content. I just, I, I'm plunged into confusion. We're only this. talking about this at this length and the internet is only going a bit crazy for it because The Miz was in it. What does that say about The Miz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's pretty rubbish most of the time, mechanically piss poor on occasion. And he's got one of these in him. Like... So it's the first one like this. He's had a couple like this. Uh, he's had a couple. Usually against Seth. He's a great yeah. carry job merchant. Uh, it's halfway through this, right? And one part of my brain goes, oh, God, look at the cardio on the maze. <laughs> it's going hell for leather, yeah? And then the other part of my brain went, hang on, look at the cardio on every other wrestler I watch weekly putting mm. on performances like this. Well done, Miz. One week of the year. In fact, when was the last time the Miz had a match as good as this? Yes. Probably, yeah. Well done for... Just about approaching the weekly television standard in North America right now. The hell am I doing cartwheels over this for? I'm not. I shouldn't tweet Ms. Rollins was low key goaded. If or, you do it in three months, if you do it in three yeah, months, yeah. that's when you get the numbers. That's a very good point. Because uh, by then, we don't want to talk I'm going to do the thing. I don't care about doing the thing. I'll, I'll watch two matches better than this on Dynamite every single week. So why, yeah. I do, why am I doing cartwheels about it? I'll feel things for them. No one talks about Ms. versus Rollins. I got that. Anyway, backstage, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is trying to hype up Riddle ahead of their six-man tonight. Uh, Riddle's had some ideas. Kevin doesn't want to hear them. Sami's like, no, no, no. We talked about this. If Riddle's going to help us, he should have a voice. And he says, I'm going to wrap up my big toe, kick Solo in the jugular, and knock him out with the toe, bro. <gasps> I did laugh at that, to be honest. And I, I know you did. Yeah. Kevin Owens like, what? Are you being stupid? And he's like, yes, actually. Dead hard. Mm. It was again, which I feel is a bit of a Triple H is like sort of getting Paul Heyman. Is his dad watching? No, why? Quick, get out there and do the segment. I'll show him. He's going to kick some ass. And, uh, that's his riddle, isn't it? 
Yeah. Like Bray beating the Miz on the post WrestleMania Raw is the Vince Riddle. Should be glad should be glad uh, Raw didn't get down on Thursday considering what the date is. So um <laughs> Moving on. Oh, God, it's the 20th of April, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. Skip. Skip, please. Yeah, skip, I, we were going to skip it anyway, let alone there was a fact there was a DQ because Bronson Reed got involved and beat, to skip and skip. beat Lashley up, him and Simone dropping it with skip. a tsunami. Thank you very much. Uh, enough of all that is that time of this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Jacob from Dorchester. If you want to uh, get involved and do you submit your own five-star review review, you can do so on Apple Podcasts by leaving us a five-star review on there. Or, as Jacob has done, uh, leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me as he has done Adam.Wilborn at whatculture.com. Jacob writes, Hi, lads. I'm sure you three are on the edge of your seats for the title of this email, which I'm not going to reveal because it's uh, going to give away the the twist. Uh, I will disclose the info soon. Please don't skip, Sidgwick. You three have become a core aspect of my day listening to your pods to the point where I can just sense a new pod slash video has dropped. Uh, You three bring me up when my anxiety has got me down and have been a great source of inspiration in my training to join the British Army. Now, bloody hell. To keep it short, we were in Greece and my parents somehow got the times wrong on our flight, resulting in us missing our flight to stay an extra night somewhere we didn't know. I had to be strong for my little brother brother and mum while my dad tried to sort it all out. Inside, however, I was deeply as afraid as to where we were going to end up that night. So what did I do to calm me down? Put on an NXT review I downloaded from about three months ago and immediately started popping at you three. Words cannot describe how thankful I am for all of what culture for parts of my day. I can't picture a day where I don't listen. For the five-star review review, give me anything with horny comments. <laughs> Cheers, lads. Congrats, Mr. and Mrs. Wilborn. Jacob from Dorchester. P.S. You better you name your baby either Tony or Tiffany with stacks as the middle name. Uh, Jacob. It's not him. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so uh, we selected... Consi- what, was the, what was the title of the email then? Uh, we missed our flight home. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give away the, the lead, obviously. And it's in all caps. Oh, I love an all caps. Um, so for this <laughs> week... Just giving people another cheat code of how to get read yeah, out on the pod, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we thought... What's it must happen? be important! <laughs> <laughs> we thought uh, we'd talk about Trish Stratus turning heel previously... At WrestleMania 20, of course. That's the reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly influenced by why Jacob suggested what we should look for. Uh, take us back. What was going on, WrestleMania 20, this week in WWE history? <laughs> this week, was it? Yeah. yeah sorry, just before we do that, I just want to thank Jacob myself because oh, sorry, that yeah. is an absolutely amazing story. I've been in a situation where I hate my life and uh, what am I going to do? And that's humbling. Speaking a humbling email. Yeah. That reminds me, actually, a little quick plug. Um, we did a thing called the Mindful Mixtape for mm. Acast, who provide our podcast to you guys and push it all out to all the providers and what have you. Um, and we talked a lot about mental health stuff, the three of us. And you can go and get that. I'll post a link on our socials, at WhatCultureWWE. We'll share it on all ours, of course. Um, basically, 
All it requires is a is a small donation. I think you can choose like one pound, three pound, five pound, ten pound, something like that. To charity uh, that goes mm-hmm. to yeah, mental health charities. Um, and I, re- I had a great time sitting here just doing. It. It's a little bit different from what you're used to, obviously. But it's a, it's, a, it's if if you if you relate to what Sid was talking about there, uh, or you just want to donate to a, a great uh, charity. We'll, uh, we'll share that because it's out now. ACAS Mindful Mixtape. Three lads talking about mental health. Spend what you want, like that Radiohead album, but with a better outcome. <laughs> yes. That in Rainbows is one of the best. That was all right. I liked him Rainbow. I preferred Moonshaped Pool to in Rainbows, you know. Oh, God. It's I prefer the best. The only time you sound more pretentious. It's the only time you sound more pretentious than me. Do you think? I think so, yeah. <laughs> the only time. Where are you at, Radiohead? I always forget. Every, like, I've worked in two separate workplaces. Yeah. Where I've dropped the nuke of, I don't even like Radiohead that much. And uh-huh. people have turned around and went, What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even like Radiohead that oh, much. because it's you. It's like, I'm that much of a cliche. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, two, like, it happened to Bruin. Yeah. And um, my mate, who we liked similar kind of music, like, You don't like Radiohead that much. And, I was like, and then it happened to What Culture? I went, Sidge, but you. I, was like, oh. <laughs> I get kind of, I get the opposite when I say I do like Radiohead because yeah. my vibe is not very radio heady, is it? Let's be honest. No. Never, often choose to listen to them. I was never huge on them. Never really want to go and see them live. At the same time, I can recognise that they are brilliant in a way that I'm just removed from. Mm. Um, OK, computer is fine. It's not as good I as I love Karma Police. The Benz or Kid A. Kid A is the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kid A is the Kid one. A. Kid A, then in Rainbows for me. Mm-hmm. OK Computer, I think Karma Police is phenomenal, but everything else leaves me just a little bit cold. Mm-hmm. I don't like the Benz either. I like the Benz. The Benz was, I was that like cliched Radiohead waking you up Title track to music. It. Like the Benz and to a lesser extent OK Computer, but like that was prepping me for Kid A. I remember being a Kid A truther when a lot of my guitar-based music friends were raging. Yeah. They put the guitars down and got the keyboards and the synths out instead. I mean, Jack, I think his right is, is an all-timer of a song. Though. Yeah. I might mm. listen to that on the way home. Idiotech's their best oh. single. If, if, if Radiohead are even remotely a singles band, Idiotech's as good as their singles got. Yeah, really good stuff. I love Radiohead. They were they were one of the people who I was like, I have to go and see them live. Uh, guess who uh, was the... It was, I think it was Leeds Fest I saw them. Guess who was on just before them? Watch this. Block party. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so see, take us back. Them on Saturday. WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, every Saturday. That's sporting power. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Uh, WrestleMania 20, Chris Jericho, Christian, what's going on? The last Tristratus heel turn. Um, Christian and Chris Jericho had bet $1 Canadian over who could sleep with either Lita or Trish, respectively. Um, this storyline's aged well, as many do, WWE do. Neither of them. Succeeded. It's better because it turns out the girls are whore. <laughs> that's yep. <laughs> that's what that's WWE for you. Yeah. Neither succeed. A match is booked, which definitely has its moments. Recommend that Armageddon 2003, the Battle of the Sexes, Christian and Chris Jericho. Just imagine Christian in that setup. How can that go wrong? It doesn't. But Jericho, midway through the match, realizes that he doesn't want to attack Jericho because maybe the feelings are all along and he doesn't want those feelings to stop. And eventually, Christian's like. Oh, mate, you prick. Like, <laughs> this is supposed to be a bet. And Jericho's like, no, leave her alone. Leave Trish alone. And they have a match at WrestleMania 20. Um, in the build-up, Christian knocks Trish about to make a point to Jericho that, no, the bet and being mates was more fun than this, you complete loser. And then at WrestleMania, Trish is like, yeah, he was right. I like it when he knocks me about. Jesus. And then she slaps Chris Jericho to show that she's... Twice. Yeah, really hard. And next on with Christian... As he pulls her hair and says, uh, like, yeah, 
I realised over the course of this feud that, in fact, knocking her about turned me on too. This has worked out great. F*** you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, f*** you, Chris Jericho. <laughs> Do you know what I was genuinely surprised by this? Because we sort of watched this in a variety of different ways. We watched, as I said, this week in WWE history um, with Kyle Edwards and Corey Graves, back when people liked him, um, talking about this. JR is surprisingly reserved here. I felt for certain the J word was coming out here and he doesn't drop it. He's just sort of bamboozled by events, basically. Uh, Jezebel doing the Chris. <laughs> I also, he doesn't even like say, oh my God, I wouldn't mind getting slapped by those. Yeah. I mean that. <laughs> I heard, by her. Thankfully, you know, times have changed. He wouldn't say anything like that on, say, this week's episode of Rampage. Uh, well, it'd be, uh, he was always... Maybe he was always lurking in plain sight, like the most uh, effective predators. I'm not saying he's a predator. I'm saying he's a dirty old man. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's times when he has let the mask slip on WWE television, but he wasn't as outwardly perverted as Jerry Lawler. But there was probably times when going, oh, yeah, I'm happy I got a front row seat for that, for those dates. And that, <laughs> and that kind of thing. But in AEW, he's full dirty old man. Hey, I'm a cowboy. I've been in this business a long time. I can say whatever the hell I want. Bryce Rensburg, you crap at your job. <laughs> who's the other one? <laughs> the the young Bucks like, referee. Oh, uh, what's his oh. name? Oh, you think uh, like Knox, Rick Knox. Yeah, Rick Knox yeah. They're incompetent. And uh, I just like looking at the titties. Um, Is he sick, Excalibur? Jim, just want to know your thoughts on uh, a new wrestler I've discovered in, in the last few days. Uh, okay, son. Um, he was uh, part of a kind of a job squad, to be perfectly honest, in an eight-man involving uh, Jeff Jarrett and uh, Mark Briscoe. He was on the opposing team, though, uh -huh, with uh, yeah. the likes of Luther yeah. and Angelico. His name was Manscout? Manscout. <laughs> put it on the... I might put it on the soundboard. <laughs> I might have to go on the soundboard. Um, we talked a little bit about this as well, because there's not a lot to, to get into in terms of this clip, aside from the uh, comments. Um, I like the way that WWE just uh, constantly edit history, but also constantly push this narrative of like you know when you think about the big legends in WWE you got your obvious ones you got Stone Cold you've got The Rock you've got The Undertaker you've got John Cena and of course you've got Triple H like then it always just oh one last one you know we always it, it was actually there it was saving the best to last the game the ass king yeah. the king of kings the C oh oh the cerebral assassin <laughs> Rock Stone Cold and Triple H they were the ones who made the attitude era right Every time, man, he puts himself in that conversation. There was a period where, like, you'd get, like, books and DVDs that were coming out that were saying, like, uh, WWE, 50 years of greatness. Or, like, the 20 toughest sons of bitches in wrestling ever. And, like, Triple H's picture was always, like, front and yeah, yeah, How yeah. dare you? My favourite is when they do those... I was uh, talking to, to Phil and Nicholas about this, is when they do those, like, uh, uh, special... It's WrestleMania this week, so we're going to do our top 50... Uh, WrestleMania moments or entrances or whatever, and they always kind of skew it to the last five years have actually been pretty goddamn great. Actually, like I was watching that the other day, and it was best WrestleMania entrances ever. Best WrestleMania, I think it was top thirty, right? Mm -hmm. Best WrestleMania entrance ever. I think number nine was The Rock coming out and setting his name on fire. Oh. Not really breaking the top ten for me, but you know, each to their own. Anyway, so no, yeah, the best WrestleMania entrance ever is Shawn Michaels up to his going, who's the man as a 32 year old about to retire with a broken back second best after dominic's allegedly on yeah yeah allegedly broken uh, 
So they're, they're, they're in this video, which I assume is like they've cut it down for a little YouTube clip or whatever, they're going to be talking about storylines involving heartbreak. And I love the just constant undertone of bullying of WWE. But they're like, we're here to talk about heartbreak. And you, I could say, me and the Dadleys are here to talk about heartbreak. And we could all go, God, we've all been through it, guys. But not in WWE. So... Carl Edwards goes, yeah, we're here today to talk about heartbreak. And Corey Graves goes, assume you pick that. You probably fall in love on the first date, you fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> you used to talk about heartbreak there. Do you remember that? Um, back to Sean from that period. Do you remember when he did that program with Mike Tyson and it was a little bit like Mike Tyson might have forgotten that he was called Shawn Michaels? Yes. So it was like, who's going to retain the belt at WrestleMania, Mike? You will heartbreak. And uh, who's <laughs> going to be in DX after WrestleMania? <laughs> I will heartbreak. Call me Sean. So, yeah, they, they recap the fact that this was a dollar bet. And the women are mad because of a, an objectifying bet. What's the problem? Um, but then Chris Jericho is getting serious, Hamlet, and the, the video package they show. Go watch it on the telly and just <laughs> sort all of this out. Week, week one. I know, week like one. The, Trish, do you have fans coming out for dinner? No, you've put a bet on it. Oh, the end of that. <laughs> Six months later. <laughs> He, uh, Chris Jericho's uh, doing some pretty uh, pretty intense acting here, guys. Can't stop thinking about you, night and day, no more what I do. Corey Graves got some advice for him. Oh, now. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he says when he busts. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got this uh, picture of us. Why is there a MS Paint scribbles on your head? <laughs> <laughs> Sitch, uh, Corey Graves got some advice though thankfully okay. uh, for both men in this don't develop feelings in a professional relationship so you know. oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a film seven years ago oh, okay. uh, Christian not only stole the match but the girl too because of course in the match he chucks her into the turnbuckle and she's selling um, and Chris Jericho goes to check on her after getting, you know, revenge on Christian for what he's just done there. And she accidentally back elbows him and he stumbles backwards into a pin. Christian grabs the tights, one, two, three. He wins. And Trisha's made a mistake. And King says, that's what a woman's good for right there. Ugh. Um, but then, of course, it's revealed. Oh, no, she likes Christian. She likes it rough, as you said. She slaps uh, Chris Jericho twice and he gets dropped by Christian and then they go up the ramp and in King's words they do the two-tongue tango whilst King I played this to you whilst King literally goes <laughs> oh no Gans for it like you can imagine Vince producing the living piss out of this yeah yeah gotta f*** her <laughs> get her by the back of the hair going horrible man. he's back <laughs> He's back. I oh, know. He's still there. Um, and the, the final line is uh, the CLB. CLB? Creepy little bastard. I'm surprised Jim Ross didn't like add J to that. And it was like the J CLB. He said CLB so much. Like trying to get it over. It was like he had residuals on the t shirt or something. He's a CLB, isn't that right, King? What? And I said, Steve Austin, call me CLB. I have really, really good stuff. <laughs> Corner office, Titan Tower, having a big old laugh, calling him a CLB. Vince loved that one. Old man loved that one. Wonderful Blue Old Dodgers man, fan. old man. Old man loved that one. Thought he was so ugly. Said he looked like a rat. For Blue Dodgers or whatever. <laughs> this is in the period 2004, sorry. <laughs> Remember Vince's weird hard on where all Canadians were heels? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, it's more. So like, you know, yeah. Jericho was suddenly from Manhasset, New York. 
well, I was from Atlanta, Georgia, wherever it was. Like, all the baby-faced Canadians were from American places. Christian, <laughs> Toronto, Canada. <laughs> With bloody Trish. Uh, uh, yeah, so the, the closing line is, the COB has got this woman smitten. <laughs> I don't have ever heard the word smitten on WWE TV before or since. Got uh, this woman, by the way. He's got the girl, got her smitten. She's property. She's property. Um, so we go she doesn't to the- know what to do with herself in a rational mind. <laughs> she's melted. The fanny is completely melted. <laughs> so we go to the comment section. Once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, the Daily Boys, or anyone on What Culture Wrestling. Do you know what I'm surprised by? There's no, like, A, I wish I was this, or even, like, I'm not a religious person, but even this this made me want to be Christian or something like that. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. That's great. I, I'm surprised that no one's written that, to be perfectly honest. But uh, there's some other comments. You're a level above the... You, yeah. You're a level above Wilborn, the One garden level. variety pervert. You're a slightly more articulate pervert. You're like a li- the little step up to your nan's house. That's how far <laughs> I am above the YouTube comment section. You might say you're the god of this shit. <laughs> there you go, man, on the swearing you. I've treat myself. You had yours. So yeah. yeah, like yeah. The important thing is it's all work for Wilbur. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Taylor simply writes, I'm starting you off, well, uh, as, as slowly as I can in this comment section. Just writes, oh, that jiggle's magical. Okay, <laughs> Magical. Like, magic's usually sort of like, oh, uh, childhood memories. <laughs> oh, Disney. Yeah, Rest. I'm glad you're here, Sige, by the way, because I need yeah. a bit of help with this next one. Oh, you're so BS. stupid, aren't you? Yeah, I just don't understand this. <laughs> Tactical BS writes, I keep rewinding and rewinding. My hands hurt. So what's going on there? Surely that's the pressing the re- yeah, rewind that's why button I assume, on the remote. But, yeah? but that, he's put, that's they, you can see there, they've put, oh. a, they've put a, a winky emoji, so you wouldn't do that with just... If it, was, it would specify his thumb, Yeah, his whole hand, because what he's doing, <laughs> presumably, is... Masturbating his cock so vigorously, like a proper arm breaker after a while, (laughs) that... So tell us the quote again. Uh, I keep rewinding and rewinding. My hands hurt, winky face. So I'm to the point where his hand is hurting, right? Not just your arm, right? Your hand. So a cross arm breaker is an angry wank. Yeah. <laughs> His hand is basically he's masturbating on a loop to this. Mm-hmm. So much so well born that like he's starting to get like oh carpal tunnel. Carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> uh bro- I love it when people interact in the comments. Brian, all caps again, it's cheat code for Wilborn. Uh Man, Trish Stratus did and still does it for me. Girl is a goddamn goddess. My new spank choice is the boss. Mike replies, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her, making friends. <laughs> Woo! YouTube wankers friends. I was reading an old Power Slam the other day. I remember in this and that where it was like, so-and-so's got DVDs to sell. Email it, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, sort of, John Smith, and they put the full address. Like, John Smith, <laughs> 28, Lancaster Road, Stevenage or whatever. He's looking, like, he's, he's looking for female Graps fans aged 16 to 21. Jesus. Like just, and he's 40. <laughs> <laughs> Risking it all in the Power Slam classifieds. <laughs> uh, Richard Olive. I'm sure someone got married from that in Power really? Slam. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Richard Olive uh, just writes, you can put a collar on me anytime. Don't know who that's directed at, but just felt like you need to get that off his chest. Nobody related to this. Um, nice, considerate stuff oh, Christian. here. Christian, yeah. 
Um, nice, um, you know, bit of bit of a change of pace now. Uh, MB says, I just want her to rest her feet, which is nice, isn't it? Oh, sorry, I didn't finish doing that. I just want her to rest her feet against my face. <laughs> we don't kink shame in the comments. Yeah, 12 gauge, right? We, Damn we, we always we, we like pervert to shame. We pervert shame. These are a different kind of pervert. You can have that kink, just yeah. not against an unwilling participant. Yes. Um, how does that apply to Nate? I would die between those thighs. That apply to that one as well? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> twelve gauge right. Damn, I bet that tastes good. <laughs> oh. Just do it if it's, if she's consenting and then live. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Oh, I wish I was a corpse after intercourse. <laughs> intercorpse. <laughs> Sexual intercourse. <laughs> Sort of shagger and die. It's like a queen bee. That's a life for me. <laughs> One sting out. Yeah. <laughs> but if it lasts like two seconds, which it inevitably would. Skunk out. Dead. Skunk out. Spunk out. Is that worth it? <laughs> Realistically. Uh, Final couple here of Here we go. On between the thighs. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> I'm a gobble of comments. <laughs> One from Mike here. Please. It's penultimate. Penultimate. Please, Mike Rice. <laughs> I'd lick everything from her pits to her feet. <laughs> what about her face and kiss her? Yeah. Just like, I, 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 don't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. That's where her brain is. That's where her brain is. I want nothing to do with that. She's, no, an, no, she's an object. Just right stuff in the armpit, working with it down. Just pass the tits, obviously. Oh, uh, down the navel, down to the mouth, and uh, the toes. Don't want that brain. I don't want that brain. I don't want that personality. Anywhere near it. Get away from me. People are horrible. There's the most talented. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, oh. And the final comment oh, here God. comes from Frank, who writes, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind taking a trip down Mammary Lane. Mam Scout. So thanks, Jacob. <laughs> oh, God. That's, I can't keep going. Anyway, Shut up. Armpits down. <laughs> right. Let's get back to normality. Let's return to Monday Night Raw. What came next? Trish Stratus came out. <laughs> Caught a promo uh, after a heel turn, of course. Said uh, women's wrestling was a joke when she entered WWE. She single-handedly changed everything. Uh, she brought credibility to a non-existent division. Leaders had nothing to do with it. She was the women's division. She was the trailblazer. She was the first woman to main event Raw uh, and made people give a crap about all this. Um, this women's revolution doesn't happen without me. Uh, and instead of chanting, this is awesome, during the WrestleMania 35 main event between Lynch, uh, Rousey, and Flair, they no, should have been... Nobody was chanting that. Should have been chanting, thank you, Trish. 
Uh, Becky Lynch um, would have you believe that she started the revolution. That's a joke. Um, Stratus was fine to let Lynch enjoy her own hype, but when she came back and Lynch never thanked her, um, she was pissed off, basically. She's nobody's sidekick. Um, she blatantly admits that she is the one who attacked Lita last week. Um, she wanted her out of the picture because she wanted to be... Uh, Blatantly obvious in screwing Lynch out of the titles. Uh, she had to go to Becky's accent here as well. She's concluded by saying, I am not a nostalgia act. I am not your childhood fantasy. And I am sure as hell nobody's sidekick. I am the greatest of all time. The single most important figure in the history of WWE. And I'm here to ensure none of you forget it. I thought this was just fine. Not this amazing like, bam, moment for Trish as a heel. I thought it was okay. I thought the horse lady's line was really weak. WWE comedy that she thought would be this, well, she did the mic drop. So she thought this was going to be this kind of mic drop promo. It wasn't really that for me. I thought it was okay. Like there are, there are very few women that can do that version of history and it sound true. Trish Stratus, the character, could and should believe the story she's just told. So I thought that came across all right. I, Cedric disagrees, I think. So that's, yeah. I just don't believe a word you're saying, ultimately. Yeah. I don't think the words were delivered that poorly nor that well. Um, look, 2038, Kenny Omega, shadow of, of his former self, shuffles to the ring, having entered like the worst match of the week in all of wrestling, and he comes out and calls himself the best bout machine. I'm not going to believe him. She can't, after last week's performance, put herself over as this. See, she can put herself over as a trailblazer, um, but she can't put herself over as someone who isn't a nostalgia act when she's proven that that's exactly what she is at this point. There's no shame in that. Get some more money off these off this horrible entity that mm. is WWE. Take the money. Do some mediocre to decent to sloppy tags, and that's it. That's the retirement fund. Come back. I cannot be sold on the idea that she's some living legend. A legend, you know what, given... It was kind of remarkable what she did. And I think if you go back and watch that Lita match in particular, it really does hold up. It's mm. electric in that mm. building. I can believe what she's saying about her past. There ain't no way in hell that I'm going to believe what she's saying about what she is in the present. The bit as well. I think, like, if she's... The whole point about, like, last week, how she's tanked the tag match on purpose so that she would lose the belts is all part of the plan. Fine. But... It had to be a better match last week. Yeah. You miscommunicate, as we've seen wrestlers do a million times, without watching, and the match almost mm. falling apart yeah. as it did. People, I not people, people just forget stuff, it's raw. But I think when I reflect on this feud, when we're hitting the point where we're going to have the payoff, it'll still be, oh, the tag match stunk. It wasn't mm. like, it was good, and then she accidentally tripped Becky or whatever. It was, it was a bad match. It wasn't that she was tanking it on purpose. Bad, it was just badly executed. Mm-hmm. So you're saying not many people are going to take a trip down memory lane to watch that match again? Well, she was wrong memory when she said lane, she was wrong when she said people like she's not people's teenage fantasy because we've just had evidence that she was half of YouTube's. Uh, it just feels a few years too late for this one. Mm. Cody Rhodes uh, is backstage and uh, talking to Kathy Keller about whether he's in you know, this mirror universe where he lost at WrestleMania and he was not standing there as champion and now how is he in this universe where he's the one being held back by 20 security guards instead of Brock Lesnar he uh, he said he's going to apologise to Postman Pierce that he knows there's going to be repercussions for all this um, 
But the only way to get through this was to smash his way through, smash the beast. He's backed Brock Lesnar into a corner. Uh, and the only way out of that corner was for Brock to win. After everything he's been through, though, he just can't allow it. I like this, but you weren't a fan. I didn't like this at all. And I think it's because I ended up feeling what Sidge did during the pull apart. I think some of the magic of Cody has been feeling like he somehow circumvented the rules of being a WWE superstar. And I didn't have, I didn't get that feeling when he was hitting the security staff and trying to get the Brock, I got it here. It's like, right, well, here's the laid out exposition because we've got one week less than we thought before Backlash. If there was an extra week of television, this promo would have been Cody come in the ring to cut this. Mm. But instead, obviously, there must be some sort of angle planned next week that meant that we had to do it here. This felt very... Ah, he's, he's, just, he's just in now. Like, he's really good in front of the audience of pulling you away from that, like, sludgy feeling. But this was that for me. Yeah. I see. I felt the opposite. I felt that it was a nice contrast of like Cody Cody's gone so he's so pissed off with Brock Lesnar right for derailing this redemption arc basically that he's just snapped and then he's come back to his senses and gone ah that's not who I am and that's why you got in a proper out you know suit jacket blah 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 but each I don't hate that take Wilborn <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that on the button now and save that for future reference um then we got a a bit of a pointless match. Main event? No, not yet. We've got a three-minute women's match um, because they just did a pointless uh, match because Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville are already number one contenders, so mm -hmm. who's going to win the match when they face off against Meechin and Candice LeRae whilst the tag champs sit and watch this? Um, the only thing that really happened in this match was Nikki Cross was stalking Candice LeRae, I think they said. Uh, that allowed the heels to take over. Go on a while. Um and in the end, uh, got about it. Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea Green got a blind tag. Meechin didn't notice, and Green hit her with the unprettier to get the one, two, three. Mediocre and heedless. Out to this. And then there was a bit of a silly segment backstage with the draft people. People saying, "Oh, you're going to get drafted, and you're going to get drafted, and you're going to split the street profits." And Rick <laughs> Boogs is getting a pep talk by yeah, the uh, week. Does the Boogs, you know? Yeah, Elias. It's, it's, it's the bass in his voice. Do it again, Rick. <laughs> He's completely <laughs> it. He got carried away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your kids get like that when that is, I forgot a feeling there where they're like, Dad, look at this, and then they mess it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Done there. Um, yeah, basically, Akira Tazawa said, Oh, Rick Boogs, you're a big star. Elias, you're going to get a drafted last, if at all. And Corbin's like, Ha ha, yeah, screw those guys. And Akira Tazawa's like, Nobody wants you either, mate. Love watching loads of losers, me. <laughs> so many losers here, wasn't it? Like, Draft time as well. I watched the Street Profits at WrestleMania. Now yeah. the losers. Yeah, they were amazing in that WrestleMania match. They're going to get split. Which was amazing. That tag team showcase. So great, wasn't it? That's what I was saying about Owens and Zane yesterday. That whole match existed for Triple H to have a bit of a flex and say, look, I've built a little division here. And when their babyface have got the titles and it's not the frigging Usos anymore, look at all these cool matches you're going to get. Or, or different variations of rematches with the Usos. What's what an amazing race? theme. We're going to showcase them. Mm -hmm. Right, okay. It's my turn to be a showcase. Right, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something even better. Hold on, I'm going to. It was. Um, I thought it was such a perfect match for what it was. I think that's probably the match, arguably that entire weekend. Where if I'd have said to you, "Give us a star rating for that match before it happens," and I would have said three and a half, and, and it, it was. I would have like, I've nearly gone four and a half. My favorite spot wasn't even one of the highest ones. It was Angelo Dawkins standing down Braun Strowman. Yeah, such a like cool idea from this spot that he's this indestructible man. Not quite today because it's WrestleMania and I'm stronger than ever. Like, just to pull over the individual brilliance of pretty much everybody in the uh -huh. match. Uh, Uso, pretty great. Dead now. Uso's cut a promo. Not dead. It's pretty dead now. Shilling for the backlash six-man, basically. 
we the ones. Uh, main event time, it was Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn versus The Judgment Day. I had a load of fun watching this. Um, Bala chop blocks Owens and the ref's distracted and Ripley takes his fucking head off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Spot. Uh, Riddle tags in, runs wild. It's uh, Bala with an exploder, a sent on, and a fisherman suplex. Uh, he goes to wipe out Bala and Dom with a dive, but Priest just grabs him and choke slams him onto the apron. Again, Priest here looking seven foot tall, it felt like. Um, they're working Riddle over. It takes through a break. When we come back, Dom goes for a vertical suplex, and Riddle goes, no, 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 we're not going to do that, and hits him with a German suplex. Zane gets the hot tag, uh, just knocks Dominic about, basically. Um, Zane wants to try and dive onto Dom. Uh, no, wants to try a dive, but Dom actually cuts him off. So Zane's like, well, oh, hit you with a sunset flip powerbomb, basically. Um, Zane goes up top, but Ripley crotches him when she goes up there. Dom hits a frog splash, but Owens dives in to break it up, and then everyone just starts hitting moves. Zane goes for a dive, but Ripley grabs his leg, so the ref gets her out of there. Dom uh, schoolboys Zane for two, but Zane gets out of it, hits him with a blue thunderbomb. That gets two. Owens tags in and hits, goes for a senton, but Dom gets his knees up. Um, so Bala comes in, hits the shotgun dropkick. Owens dodges the coup de grace, uh, hits stunners to Bala and Priest. Uh, Zane hits Bala with a halluva kick, and Zane tags in Riddle, who hits the floating bro for the one, two, three, which I thought was a great finish because I was sat there watching this going, who's eating the pinfall here? I don't want it to be Dom. Mm-hmm. Like, it's obvious who's going to win, unless you really want to make them look like losers before this six man. So you don't want it to be Dom. It's not going to be Damian Priest. And then I was like, oh, yeah, actually, Bala makes a lot of sense in terms of this sort of long-term storyline of Rhea Ripley being like, you suck as the leader of this group, and then we're going to have to replace him again with me because I'm the only one who's actually holding any gold in this He's literally wearing a T-shirt saying how injured he continues to work Mm. as well. Like, we know he's, like, broken down from WrestleMania and the like. They said that last week when they had a long match and stuff. Uh, And the show closes with basically mayhem on Monday Night Raw because out come the bloodline, out come the LWO, huge brawl. Uh, Santos Escobar holds Dom in place to allow Ray to hit him with the 619, um, whilst Owens drops Priest on the announce desk. The babyfaces basically stand tall as Kevin Patrick uh, says that the deal has backfired on the bloodline. Love the close of this show. Me too, you know. I thought this was like a super fun and energised main event, which are not always easy to come by in WWE because obviously the crowds that always come up for stuff and the stars that always feel like stars. And I'm not suggesting that anyone in this match tomorrow could go up against Roman Reigns and be a believable challenger. But this fundamentally is how you make people main eventers. It's you put them in situations, in this case, the literal main event, and you see if they belong there. You know, you see Mm. how do the crowd react to these people in high-profile spots. It's not quite on that level, but in terms of the quality of the work and the chaos that followed and the reason we arrived here with all these moving parts, I'm going to invoke... A favourite of mine in Sidgwick's, the Dallas 10-man in 2000. It is simply not on that level. That's almost a five-star 10-man tag. But for the remainder of the year, until Steve Austin came back and kind of ruined everything, Too Cool were made men as just underneath the main event, one of the hottest acts on the show. The Rock was obviously built and established forever, but Kane was making his big return. The Radicals were seen as a a threat. Uh, If they were together and they were unified, Chris Benoit was kind of made in the moment. So many wrestlers came out Mm. of that. Bigger stars, Rikishi was in it as well, I think. And just this was... That, ultimately, nobody is an absolute single-star main eventer right now, but you were showing lots of examples of people that definitely could be. And in terms of an Owens or a Zayn, they've been there, so you can always slot them back in. But a Priest, I think you're right to identify, is the one that two or three more performances like this and whatever happens after the Judgment Day, and his time is running out to do this. It's like, 
is there something here with this guy? And booking will be everything with a guy like Damian Priest. But is there something here with him? Rhea Ripley continues to be the big bad of her own division, and this keeps that alive. Solo Sokoa in the post-match. Santos Escobar. The LWO are the, the lesser of the groups at the moment, and yet Santos Escobar performs above that yeah. consistently. So he's kind of making you ask those questions as well. It's nobody for right now, but I thought this was a really tremendous presentation of the people that could be. This is really good. Mm. This is really, really, really good. Um, not a riddle guy, but he's so goddamn good at what he does, mm. which is a shame. He's phenomenal, in fact, at what he does. Um, firecracker of a performer. Great in many contexts. Like tags, he just knows when exactly to explode, when to get the crowd up. He did so here, and he ate shit on that apron, mm. that choke slam. Mm. Looked awesome. Uh, no, this is really, really energetic and really strong. I just don't care about the storylines and one of the characters. Mm. Uh, well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... No, no. That's do it weird. Again. Do it again. Follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. I'm looking at you and saying, I don't know what's going on. It's been a, been a while. This. You, you know what? You're a genius according to the internet because when Paul Heyman did it on <laughs> Friday, everyone, <laughs> everyone was like... Eh, eh, eh. You can follow Michael Sidgwick on Twitter at msidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, I'll stick up that link to the uh, mindful mixtape we did for Acast, uh, where you can donate to a charity and, and listen to us talk about mental health uh, on twi uh, what Culture's Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. And uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Our best podcast of the week is coming out later on today. <laughs> it's the NXT preview. We have so much fun with it. And uh, it's not just us doing that, of course. It's someone who's mentioned on SmackDown. Um, it's a cow and Stax might be there as well who knows as um, well and mm. if, if like Jacob thanks again Jacob you want to suggest a five star review review you can do so on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify just screenshot your five star rating we need the proof and email to me adam.wilborn at whatculture.com but for now this has been the Raw Review my thanks to the Dally Boys thank you for joining us and we will see you soon Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 